has been a minute and we are back with another Dukansha. Why am I like radio presenting? Why are you radio this? presenting our show? Yo. Because <laughs> like, that's not what but we No, because it's been that long since I last been on a mic and like, I don't know, I went back to my training of radio. Yeah, but you anyway. went back to the default, which is that, <laughs> that voice. You know that voice. Yeah. Do late night DJ radio, radio voice. At this time in the morning? Yes. Hello and welcome to another episode <laughs> of The Can Show with your host, uh, OT. And I've got the beautiful Reem here on the mic, joining me, keeping it nice and spicy and lovely. What's up, Reem? How are we feeling? When you call things spicy, mm. it, it's always strange at 10 a.m. Right. <laughs> things at 10 a.m. are never spicy. <laughs> hey, unless uh, y'all been still up since last night. I mean, hey, welcome. Walk of shame. I see you. <laughs> I see you. We yeah. are here. In a moment, we'll be taking a break and you're going to be hearing some great tunes by the beautiful... Taquito. Taquito. <laughs> in his latest track with Marvin Gaye. <laughs> Imagine that collab. Yo, I'll be here for it. How you been? I've been really good. I've well, I've gone through a transformation yet again. Um, basically, the Dukancho episodes are Rim going through transformation. By the way, That's I think every time we go on a hiatus and come back, you've gone through some... It's always some transformation at the other, and you're back in a game. I'm living life. I, I, just, I realize I live life completely. <laughs> like, I do not waste time. Or, or I just, I learned that during this recent trip that I took to the Philippines. Haven't seen my family. In... Which, by the way, for just for context, this was supposed to be a seven-day trip. Right. That ended up being... A, a three-week trip. Three weeks only? I added an additional two weeks. I know you missed me, but <laughs> I really only was away for three weeks and nothing changed about Dubai. No, a lot it has, stayed exactly no, the same. Dubai Dubai changes in its own ways. Right. I think th- three weeks away from Dubai is a long time away from Dubai. A yeah, it was. But I didn't really period. travel as much because of the pandemic. So I didn't... I what We we used to leave the country every two months at, at a true. minimum. At a right. minimum. We were in and out at least six times a year. So now I just kind of condensed all of that into one like power packed family trip where uh, to be honest with you, uh, contemplating who I am as a Filipino woman is a really interesting conversation because let's talk about that. I feel like this this trip has been a lot about you and the Philippines in various aspects. One is room with family. Yeah. And seeing your grandmother again. Yeah. And that side of the family that you haven't, which you haven't been you haven't gone to see in a while. And yes, mm-hmm. your grandma is a definite Don. Like, She's I mean, the, don. the videos and the photos we've been seeing of her, the closest reference I can provide the listeners is Don Corleone <laughs> if he was a Filipino woman. Like, yeah. through and through, there's you don't this mess very with my grandmother. calm. Yeah. This calm and zen about her. But at the same time, you can't f with her. No, no, no. You can't. You can't. <laughs> Not with my grandmother. But you know? so, yeah. So when, there's, there's that side there's of that your side. trip. And then the other side of like, Reem discovering herself and Reem reconnecting with the island and Reem being Reem, but also 
Reem working on a book. So I feel like they're, which we'll get to. This but is a very multifaceted conversation. This is going to yeah. be a great piece. But yeah, so <laughs> let's tackle those. Because you had like three things that went down through this journey. Right. So the first one being my family, seeing right. my grandmother. Um, it, let's just, for anyone listening, for all of you guys here, as you're aging, your family is too. It's a simple, like, that's the fact. We cannot change that. There's nothing we can do about it. And so time is really the only thing I can give. I was worried uh, after the pandemic, not having seen my grandmother for three years, that I would have a strange warped memory of her, like that I wouldn't see her in her reality right mm. now. So, And being in her presence, being in the presence of the women in my life uh, reminds me where I come from, my ancestry and my the pillars of what I believe in, because that's where I became who I am, is around the women in my family. Um, what are some of these pillars? Because clearly your family is like matriarchal through and through. Right. So yeah, my family is matriarchal. Um, it's something we're very proud of. My mom's family. So the Filipino side of my family. Um, and Or the Filipino side of me, rather. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so they are matriarchal. Our, the, pillar, the pillars of our family are, first of all, charity. We are, it is not... It is mandatory. <laughs> there is not is not an option because I grew up with what witnessing uh, like and bearing testimony and bearing witness to the value of giving back into the community. Um, my grandmother genuinely believes that every single success we have as a family is uh, can be rooted into the kindness that has been put into the community. Mm. It is a religious thing for her, but for me, it's much more of a spiritual. Um, I don't even want to say karmic. It is genuinely where I'm happiest. I'm happiest when I'm in the service of others. Mm. And um, I, I learned that that was a pillar of our family during this last trip. Um, the other is that we are all courageous. So my grandmother, when my mom said she wanted to strike out into the world and be an air flight, like a, be a cabin, cabin crew uh, to, for Yemen air, which no one even knew where Yemen was, um, my grandmother didn't cry. She said, go. That's, if you think of the small island where this woman comes from, how, you know, many people are afraid they hold their daughters close. My mother, my mother and grandmother both agreed we were going to be courageous. And that set off the trajectory of my life into the adventure that it's been. So courage is a pillar of our family. Faith, an unbelievable faith in, uh, you know, when, when you're down and out and completely in despair, you have to have a sense of faith that everything will be okay, that, that, that tomorrow brings a better, you know, tomorrow, the sun rises tomorrow. Without fail, the sun is going to rise tomorrow. Uh, that is mm. a pillar of our family. And finally, um, forgiveness in all its different human confusion, <laughs> you know. Um, we exercise forgiveness in many ways because we make many mistakes as we're navigating life. So those... I so, have kept come to the fore, you know, for me. Right. So courage, faith, forgiveness, charity. Yeah. And it's, it's actually charity, courage, forgiveness. Oh, it has yeah, to be like that order. Charity is first. There okay. is no there's no debate about it. I, there's a big sigh in front because I always wonder <laughs> about, you know, um, when is altru what to what end is this altruism? Is it for me or is it for right. the person I'm helping? My, according to my grandmother, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, God is God and you have to help. If you have, you give. And we are here to be, we're here for each other, not to be here by yourself navigating the world. We're here for each other. Right. 
So did anything change that perspective that you had going there? And spending time with her versus actually spending time with her. So when you're working, when you're working in Dubai, and this is what happened to me, I was very insular during the pandemic. The the episodes before this will indicate the things that I went through. When I came back to my grandmother, I was reminded of the amount of effort we need to put into community work. Like mm. you need to take 10% of your life and put that into community work. That's there's actually like there you I look at how they spend their hours and how they spend their days and because I like to calculate things in 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 resource allocation, 10% <laughs> of her life is spent in charity. And I feel like it's a strange thing because like we have zakat, like like there's zakat, the idea of in, in the Muslim faith that you give 10% to charity. Um, and that's a pillar of Islam. It's not, yeah. it's not something you can negate if you want to be a good Muslim. Yeah. So the percentage is against weight of gold, but I mean, yes, yeah, but there's a percentage is what I'm saying. We'll go with the point of there's a percentage. There's a percentage. And so if you have a percentage of your life that you're supposed to give to charity, then you also have to have the other side of that, which is the faith that you don't have to seek. If you decide you're going to do charity, by the way, you don't have to seek it. It will show up. The Mm -hmm. things you need to help, who you need, whether it's a a dog that's been abandoned or whether it's somebody that just needs uh, you know you you to listen whether it's a friend that you actually needs you to be there physically that's all part of like doing good right. in the world right yeah so okay. yeah it was and- reaffirmed when i was there under no small terms <laughs> like under no small and actually can i talk about my my mini documentary please may i may i, may yeah. I talk about this okay there's for the privileged few that have been part of this um on behalf of reem you're welcome um, it wasn't my idea. Obviously, it was Reem's idea. I was on the receiving end, just <laughs> as you were. But this was a very interesting piece. Please elaborate. So I traveled by myself, which is something I actually love doing. And in the past few years, I haven't had an opportunity to travel by myself for a very long time. And this was my first solo trip in a long time. And uh, one of the things that I am is a storyteller without fail. So I thought I did not want to share. My family is not for public consumption. And actually, we talked about this in very early episodes right. of the Khan. We don't do The it. things that I love extremely dearly are actually not available online. They are, you don't see my dog often. You don't see my family. You actually, most people don't know what my sister looks like. My brothers, yeah. one of them you'll know. The other you don't. So uh, I believe that privacy in this world that we operate in right now is such a high currency. It's such a high value currency that I decided during the trip that I was going to document what I was going through, but I was only going to do it for a select group of people on a broadcast list because your feedback is not welcome. (laughs) And I just wanted a place to kind of put my thoughts with people that would understand that maybe it's not perfect. It's not a perfect video. It's not perfect writing. It's It, it just is what it is. Um, and this turned into the most wonderful social experiment. Like I began to receive messages. I, there, you know who you are. Like I, there's, there was a, it, it wasn't a big list. It's like 20 people. It was not a very mm. big list. But what ended up happening was that um, I began to have conversations with my dear friends and family about things we'd never talked about before with their their views on poverty, their views on, you know, child, you know, mortality rate. Yes, these are things I covered. In, in you the, did. On, but also 
uh, their views on family and their views on, 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 on charity. And I adored this idea of a, a closed and safe space to articulate all the things that I was going through. Um, and actually, I think I'll open it up. If you want to yeah. be a part of the broadcast, I think I'll, I'll do another broadcast uh, for the Dukkan yeah, audience. Yeah, for our next trip. Yeah. It is a closed... By the way, it's going to be closed. Uh, it's not something that I'm ever going to post online. So unless they got your digits. So unless, or you got their unless, digits. Yeah, so if you do want to be a part of the next one, please just DM us and I'll add you to the, I'll you add you to the list. Yeah. But it is really a personal introspection of what I was going through. And you get to see me, see my grandmother. You get to... It's not... It is really just pure, raw things. And I love that. I, I think the world needs more of that, yeah. you know? All right, so that was that was a part of your trip, and we plugged in your. I don't. We should come up with a name for this, like Reem's, what is broad, it? Reem's little broadcast. It's my list. broadcast list. That's that what, what it is. You're, that's what we're committing to. Fine. It's exactly what it is, right? <laughs> and then um, the other side of it now was Reem connecting with Reem, because as you said earlier, like you haven't traveled on your own for quite a few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. So this was officially your first trip solo dolo. Yeah. And after you spent time with family, you actually left. To spend time with just you. Yeah. Right? I did. You were on a different island. You were doing your own thing. You had a boxing coach that you found. Okay. <laughs> so like, and there was a lot. I feel like there was a lot. Because that was like two weeks of your trip. Yes. So I've now come to realize that I can yeah. no longer separate ment my, my mental health, um, you know, pillars from... I travel. So we used to travel and I, I used to stop working out. I used to eat whatever I wanted. And I realized this really impacted my mental health. So uh, this time around, I found a boxing coach and I decided that I was going to go stay in a really beautiful place and write this book that I've got that I'm writing right now. Which we'll get to. Which we'll get to. Um, and this whole situation uh, led me to to understand mm. that I cannot take a break if if exercise is a pillar of my mental health, uh, uh, happiness and happiness. Then I must integrate it into the way I travel. Um, but what it also did was gave me uh, an avenue, which is the work that we do is so amazing. It gave me an avenue into the culture, into the communities. I was able to make friends in the gym. I met people that I actually knew from Dubai in the gym. And that um, that's why I believe, actually, find a hobby and use that to travel. Like, I noticed the B-boys do it. Like, right. they do the each one teach one thing, and they, yeah. they offer each other their couches. MCs do it as well. We really, I think it changes the way you MCs travel. MCs do it? I haven't yeah, seen MCs do this them, the way B-Boys... No, B-Boys, B-boys like, are still it. committed yeah, to doing yeah. this till For day. For the culture, right? Through and through. Yeah. MCs, I mean, they were, but I don't know if they still do it. I don't know, but I just remember the ones yeah. I knew were always... Their, like doors were, their couch was always available right. if you needed a place to stay. Yeah. And I think that I didn't need a I think I didn't Tech need a is the only MC that I know that still does it. <laughs> Like yeah. the only one the that only will offer one. you his couch Ride or die. and he'll offer you his dog for a walk. Right? Do you know? <laughs> so like I just feel what I while I didn't need a place to stay, I was able to like go into the community, understand what they like love and believe in, what who are they when the tourists are not around. And yeah. that made it such a deep and wonderful trip because I began to reconnect to my Filipino like heritage and roots and, and and made new friends, which was amazing. It was right. just, I couldn't say enough great things about it, you know. Yeah. And it was great, I think, watching it from the outside, like being part of your broadcast list with the 
like even with the time you fell sick. And oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I got you, sick. You, it was just food poisoning, I think. I and think you it thought was. you were going to die. No, like, <laughs> and, no, I, I was like, I, I remember I called you and I was like, I cannot die in this hotel room. This cannot be how I go. But uh, you go when you go, I guess. <laughs> but I did, I, you know, when you're traveling alone and, and you're a girl, you realize how vulnerable you are. Right. And I, I would ask the question, like I, at one point, someone broke into my hotel room, walked in and then walked out. And I actually, I, I, you called I called OT too, and I yeah. was like, yo, what, what should I do? I, yeah. and I actually called three people, like my sister, Solo Dolo, OG traveler. So, yeah, my sister is the number one traveler. Like, like she's gone through all of Latin America. She's amazing. And I called her, I called you. And when I sat down and I actually, and I called my mom and uh, I sat down and had a conversation about it with myself. And I was like, if I was a guy, I would never leave this room. Someone just walked in and walked out. That right. was it. There was no nothing taken. My flip-flops were out of order. I was in the shower when this person walked but in. So I thing, never like, saw this person. Yeah, because based on your telling of the story, I'm like, could have been room service. They didn't know it you were in there. It could have been housekeeping. It could exactly. have been room service. Or it could have been someone testing if they could get in my room easily. Either so or. am I going to risk that third, like that one third, you know, am I going to risk my peace yeah. of mind, right? Yeah. And it is it is a thing in a lot of countries that have, were heavily impacted by the pandemic. The, the crime rates have risen because the poverty rates have risen. Right. So I don't, I just felt really... Yeah unnerved you know and so i moved rooms and then i paid the going back to the gym i paid the spanish mafia in the gym to sit outside my room i paid two guys <laughs> to sit outside my room so i could sleep Yo, only room will find a cartel <laughs> yeah yeah and they're like don't worry we got you i'm like i just need sleep like at that point i was exhausted and i i knew if i left late at night the hotel to go to another hotel i would have not known i just would have felt unsafe all the way through so luckily because i was in the gym someone was like let's just move you to the beach the beach right. is easier because it's less accessible and all of that stuff and it really made my trip that move really made my yeah. trip because i was suddenly stuck in the middle of yeah, the most both, beautiful like, sunsets the most beautiful sunrises and you built a whole community with this workout like right. the whole gym like they mobilized to help when you got sick you were saying like right they, they sent did. you food and bananas and the people <laughs> sent me activated charcoal food bananas it was just yeah. honestly the most wonderful thing and i do believe we are taken care of like i i just believe that i believe if you trust in the world you will be taken care of and right. there is something about that that comes through when you're traveling alone you know there you, you have to have faith yeah you know all right and to pivot one last bit on the story let's talk about your book oh my book okay. so i feel like no that was that was too excited um serene, <laughs> you stop being so excited about it because i'm, I'm in the pits do, with it at the moment mm, serene please do tell us uh as we understand that you have a book that you're currently working on i am do elaborate i don't like to call myself an author but i'm writing a book we, and we'll do it after the book is done. <laughs> yeah the book is a fictional novel but it has um all of the work we've done in dukan is going to be integrated into it a culture a, a book about you know it is a story that is based loosely on my mom's life and my life, but um, I'm using it as a tool to mm. teach the world about who we are. And uh, yeah, so um, I'm part of a writer's uh, program and um, it writing a book is the most solitary uh, experience. And it is the most, uh, I can't express how much it forces you to face yourself 
And I'm behind my word count at the moment. So this conversation is What is, is the word stressed. count for what deadline? So the re- word count is 80,000 words by October. And let's not talk about where I'm at. No, we're, we're <laughs> not, not going to go there. We're not going to go there. But I also know how I am as a writer. I tend to think a lot more than I write. And then suddenly I sit down and it all just kind of comes out. Okay. So, so uh, I mean, usually processing. So you're not really behind. It's just that your methodology is different. Yes. Or... or um, like the interesting thing about writing something like this is that you have to trust that when you're you're a vessel for the story, that the story is in the world somewhere and it's going to come through you. And right. it's only going to come through like almost like a portal. You're just going right. to write this thing. And I think musically people feel that when they're in flow. Right. Yeah. So getting to flow state is the most challenging thing because there's so much crap in your in your brain before that. Yeah. And so I'm writing probably three, four, five pages that just get tossed out. And then six page somewhere is something that's sense. worth you so know, keeping. Interesting because like. So I was listening to Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay, which yeah, by the way, Club Shay Shay is I think a it's good, a dopest, it's a, it's dopest a really great podcast name, name, first of all. <laughs> and in his last episode, he had the comedian Earthquake uh, yeah. on his show. And Earthquake is one of the probably very few comedians that is on. He doesn't write on paper. He writes his comedy in his head. Yeah, I can, so I can, he yeah, can, I can see He'll that. go up on stage and flow off the top. And that's such an unusual skill. Yeah. Even the world's best comedians feel the need to write it down somewhere. And he, at some point in his career, he was telling this story. So at some point in his career, he tried to sort of assimilate to the ways of his comedian colleagues telling him, no, this is how it's done. Right. You should write it down. And he tried to write it down. And he was talking about his relationship with um, Steve Harvey as a mentor. And Steve Harvey was like, no, no, was like, look, if that's your way, that's your way. You don't have to accommodate their methods. This is your method. This is your style. This is your system. You do that. It's like, um, and Earthquake being Earthquake, he's like, yeah, I'm like the Jay-Z of comedy. (laughs) (laughs) And in in many ways, actually, I think he is. I think he is. But so um, interestingly enough, I do work extensively on my memory. It is something that I I exercise. I believe that I am a memory athlete. It is something that I work on every day. Um, and I imagine I could house probably a chapter or two in my head. I could before do writing it, it down. Before but, writing it down. So and you, you've seen me do that. Like yeah. you've seen me just kind of process and then it's stored and then all I need to do is just like... So then that's the thing. Like you don't actually have to write X number per day, but rather kind of go through your process right. and then one day you'll sit and fly through 12 pages. Right. And, and honoring that is challenging, right? Because mm-hmm. when we do anything that's a craft, you want to hone your craft. And the methodology of honing your craft is set usually long before you. Right. So they say, write, you know, like a drawing, you write, pen, you draw pencil things first, and then those become hard lines. And then that becomes colored in. Uh, what if you color in first? Yeah. What, what if that's, that's, what if that's your vibe, right? How do you find that out if you're yeah. going to art school and they're teaching you this is the methodology, right. right? So I think it is about being a true artist in this sense. Uh, I never, I don't want this book. This book is a reflection of us, me, the journey. Uh, and I don't want anyone to dominate over this creative, uh, my creative process. And I realize that I'm the bottleneck. I'm the problem. Mm. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the. So that's where I'm at with the book. If anybody else is writing a book, I feel you so deeply right now. Because <laughs> it is not, it is not the one. But, but hey, I, I don't know what that feels like. But I get it when I'm writing strategies. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I always ask for a two-week window on a strategy, which sometimes feels like too much depending on timelines. But 
It's just because it's the strangest thing. I don't have a set methodology. Sometimes right off the brief, I'll see, I'll watch a video, I'll be watching Netflix, yeah. or I'll be listening to music and something would come to mind. And this moment, something unlocks and then I will build the whole thing right. within a span of yeah, hours. I've seen you do it. You know? And then other times, I will be lost for 10 plus days where I have no idea what I'm doing yeah. at all. I'm completely clueless until the last second and then suddenly <laughs> and then then it something unlocks, yeah. unlocks that right so yeah it's just there's no set method for me it's just and i think that's the that's the thing with creative crafts like because the output is creative yeah, right and i think is. in some form you know even engineers or people who are not necessarily quote unquote in creative industries are creative because technically what you're doing is problem solving right if you're writing a book if you're trying to solve a math equation if you're you know trying to write rap lyrics whatever it is that you're is a creative output when you have a brief or you have something that you're trying to solve that's a creative output and finding your creative element or finding your state of flow is not i don't think it's the same path every time no it never i don't think it i don't think it ever was meant to be yeah i just one one of the great things about the book is it got me it it stopped i'm, I'm not talking about business as much anymore I'm talking yeah. more about people. We talk a lot about business, like a lot, because what we yeah. do. Um, and I've loved that the book has given me a new worldview. I don't talk about business as much. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm there present when the business, well, I've talked about business for 12 years. You know, I right. have, I've put my time in. But uh, now this gives me a whole new worldview. Right. And, and, and I think it's, it's so different wonderful. in the sense that as well, like, Yes, we talk about business a lot, but our, we're in a business of people. So we're always into like culture and humans and behavior. We do, you we know? do. But we if talk you about listen that a lot, to us, but then, we talk about oh, on business the show, a lot. Oh, on the show. No, no, no. Even in our conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in but, regular life. And I think because that's where we do most of that work. Right? Yeah, possibly. It, it's, that focus always kind of comes into a business space as opposed to just like, hey, this is what people are doing. Or like, I don't well, know, it's a different culture now. Whereas now when it's a book there is a new storytelling angle and a new muscle yeah. that you're unlocking or have unlocked in that exercise 100%. of storytelling. So like it's a new, it's a complete new avenue of storytelling well, and a whole new style. It comes things. down to something really simple. Today, someone asked you, hey, how are you doing OT? And you were like, doing well, the business is doing well. Like you immediately, always, you yeah. always say that. You, you talk, you don't say I'm doing well, full stop. You right. say, I'm doing well. We're doing this in Dukkan. Yeah. This is what's happening. You, they didn't ask you about Dukkan. No, but they, in that's my mind, how it's you, always an upsell. Right. No, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how. And yeah. so when I started writing the book, I realized I stopped doing that. I just said, mm. I'm doing well, or today I'm not feeling this way, or today I, I really am in my feelings, like, so much, yeah. you know? And that, for better or worse, that's yeah. what's... And I'm I thinking, yeah, in some ways I'm detached from that, in that sense, where it's like, no, I'm doing good. And then my feelings are related to the business. what the yeah. business is, how it's performing and what I'm doing in it. Because, like, yeah. yeah, we're doing great. Yeah, yeah. Season. The caliber you know? of the conversations that I've been having are yeah. much more high on the e, on the EQ, right? Like ve much higher on the emotional quotient yeah. of what I'm doing. I think it's much higher on you getting in touch with you, which you have not done for quite a while up until like 2020, and you started going through down this rabbit hole. Um, yeah, I think so, and I think that uh, you know, 
everyone should get to know themselves. It's not you should get you should get into the ring and get to know yourself. You know. Mm. Oh, and I started. Did I did did I talk about kickboxing and all this MMA stuff that I've been doing on the show? I don't think whether I have. you have or not. Let's do it. Let's uh, do play this. Play Eye of the Tiger. Let's go. <laughs> let's do this. Let's so go, Rocky. I was feeling extremely Four uncomfortable. Yeah, I was ex- feeling extremely uncomfortable during the beginning of the year, and I decided to lean Actually, into that. The... Was November, December, twenty twenty one. That's when your journey right. started. Right. I got you on a timeline. Oh, thank God for OT. Uh, so yeah, and uh, I I was feeling a lot of discomfort. And I leaned into the discomfort. I decided to find the most uncomfortable thing. And I got a PT who uh, focuses a lot on MMA and kickboxing and Muay Thai and all of that. And I learned how to punch things and I learned how to kick things. For context, uh, no, the way you tell the story is horrible. Oh, really? For a storyteller, that is horrible. Anyways, please tell my story for me, colonizer. Every, I am officially the first black colonizer. Yeah, I'm going to add that to my LinkedIn profile. The first black colonizer up in this. So three days a week after every class, Reem would call or send a voice note complaining about how much she hates us. And this is the worst thing. And... They're, they're, I hate the practice. The PT is. Let me. Let, I'm no, telling the story. Not, let's let's not. No, 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 no. You, okay. you did not tell this right. Okay. And then there, there are sound effects that come along with it. Like, I hate this. No. He's not lying. There He's we not go. Lying. <laughs> so there, there are no lies currently. So and then now, like, oh my god, you want to go? You want to go punch the bag? Like, wait, since when? No, no. When did we become this person? I've gotten used to the discomfort. <laughs> My discomfort <laughs> threshold is quite high. I am so impressed I by your love, journey. I I danced for six hours at a pool party. I love Eight. that. Eight hours at a pool party. But I you've did always not been stop. a dancer. Yeah. This is, this is new- what I love. Love. Yeah. Love. I write for easily four or five hours a day. I love that. Right. I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like the feeling of MMA, kickboxing, anything to do with engaging violently with someone else. I do not like this. But it is the most technical dance I've ever encountered. I've never encountered something so technical uh, physically. And the other thing is... And I'm, focus The focus it requires. Have. If yeah. you have ADHD like me, this is a very valuable practice to put in place. When I say, hey, do you want to go hit the bag? It means there's a lot in my head and I'd like to just do one thing for an hour to yeah. get whatever it is that's bothering me out of my system. And I feel like this practice, strangely, is meditative. I did not know the how meditative meditative it could be. I'm going to take the last moment of this podcast episode to say, <laughs> Reem, I told you, you so. You did. That you did tell me so. Round that's one, what great friends one. do. They, they, that's what great <laughs> friends do. They tell you so. They wait until they're correct and then they launch it in your face in public. Yes. <laughs> that's what great friends do. And You're welcome. This has been, I must admit, this past month has been a series of I told you so. It's, it Yo, seems like it you, and, you and Akawi are like, We're you guys, your it. I told you so's on me have yeah, been amazing. Yeah, because like, yo, we've been saying it for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have. Yeah. You have. And it's like, but don't worry. Just keep going. But you know what? You know what it is, and I I recognize this. I'm always going to be uncomfortable with this because it's not how my body moves. It's not what I like to do. But am I going to stop doing it? Absolutely not. Yeah. Because Good. I am. Good for you. It, it does make me a better athlete. It does make me a better person. And we don't stop something because it's uncomfortable. I'm not getting injured. So no. there's just because the only thing that's injured is my ego. But also, <laughs> like I really badly accurately, in the in the accurately. ICU right now. No, but like seeing the transformation, seeing the improvements and like the 
discipline and the diligence and committing to it to something that's so uncomfortable is great because interesting enough, like even when we used to do the Zoom Ramadan, the Ken Gets Fit right. ses- sessions, Coach Jalal, who's, who's my boxing coach, was like, oh, you have Muay Thai. And you have never... I've never done... Never. At not, that that, po- not at that time. Back then, yeah. you have never done anything remotely close to any martial arts of no, any sort. No. And for somebody like him to clock that you feel like Muay Thai and then seeing you drift into this universe of Muay Thai was so interesting. It's been remarkable. Like, the fact that he clocked it till now, I don't know how he saw it, but he did. He's a coach that makes champions. Like, he d- he like is. Jala- he is. Coach through Jalal, is, to his credit, yeah. makes makes fighters and into champions. So, and, and then so. seeing you... Eventually picking it up, trying boxing, kickboxing, and finding your way into Muay Thai and seeing this journey of discomfort (laughs) and you complaining at every step of the way. Despite all that, you're doing really, really well. Thank you. So well done. Thank you. I love you. I appreciate it. And congratulations. And this is my favorite. I told you so of all time. This way, yeah. But so just as a side note, um, I did also do 30 Days of Animal Flow, which I loved. You did that, do that. Yes, on Instagram. And I realized I love the practice of a daily challenge. So I need a new one. I definitely need a new one. Um, We're supposed I, to be doing Capoeira with Coach Hudson. Every for 30 days in a row. There's way too many every components. Thursday. No, yeah, we can Thursday. do every Thursday for sure. Because that's how it started in Ramadan. But then you left and you were the plug. I was the plug. And Coach Hudson never showed up again. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Okay. So let's bring that back. Uh, yeah. Anyways, to that point, if you guys have a challenge, I would like to know it because I feel slide like... Slide in Reem's DMs. You can slide in my DMs you or the, the Ken Media DMs because I don't check my DMs. That's where well, I am doesn't. now. That's how Zen I am. I don't even check my DMs. Oh. <laughs> that's it's a vibe i'm I'm getting to zen anyways Unlike tack, tack work tack waits for the thirsty dms <laughs> so he's always checking his shirt. yeah can, can <laughs> offline can someone explain thirst trapping to me thank you for kicking it with us today i hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode as much as we enjoyed creating it for you please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast at to stay up to date with all our conversations also if you don't mind Hit us with the five-star rating. Leave a comment. Let us know how you feel about the show. That way, it could also help others find the show. And be sure to share it with your friends and family, whoever you think can benefit from it. You can holler at us on all social media platforms at The Can Show. We'd love to hear from you. Or you could drop us an email to hello at thecanmedia.com. Salam.